Hallelujah. So today we are going to talk about the second part of rest and work, which is actually about the work that we have to do. Before we get into that, I want to talk to you about a couple of principles of faith. In Hebrews 9.27, and I'm going to be going through some scriptures, but I'll read them out. But I want you to follow them in your Bible also. If you have your Bibles, get them out. Hebrews 9.27, it says, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Yes? So, you live once, you die once, and then there's judgment. That was a course set for humanity after sin. Judgment because of sin. Now, Jesus came to save us from that judgment. You clear on this, yes? So this is often misunderstood and even mistranslated even in your Bibles. Go to John 12, 31 to 32. It says, verse 31, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from all the earth, from, from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This, in your Bible, yes, is spoken by Jesus, yes? Does it not say that? In verse 32, And I, if I am lifted up from all earth, will draw all peoples to myself, yes? Now, the word peoples, is it italicized in your Bible? Yes? So in some Bibles, it, it say instead of people, it says men. This is also italicized. That means what? It has been added by the translators to help us understand. Now, if the translators got it wrong, we understand it wrongly. Because this, John 12, 31, 32, Jesus is speaking about People or judgment? It says, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will cast out. Yes? So is he talking about people or judgment? Judgment. So it should read, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all judgment to myself. Not all people. Do you understand? Actually, it says, draw all to myself. The people or men is added. All appointed judgment is laid on the cross at Calvary. Is that clear? That then gives us the grace to approach him boldly. It's not our performance. Do you understand that? Yes? It's not that when you lift up Jesus, all men will be drawn. No. All judgment will be put on him. Do you understand this? Yes? Now, I'll be talking more about this. If you have any questions, ask me about this. But this is the first principle I want to talk about. The second principle has to do with seeds and weeds. Last week, I went to our other house in Palamukku and I saw that the grass was growing tall. Maybe it was five foot or six foot. Do you understand? But when I left that house, there was no grass at all. So when I sat with the Lord and meditated on this, in a garden, you have seeds, yes, that you have planted, plus you have weeds. Yes? When sunshine comes, it comes on both the seeds and the weeds together, yes? When you have water, 
added to the garden or when you water the plants you water the seeds and the weeds yes in matthew 8:1 to 3 it's talking about what jesus did he says when he had come down from the mountain a great multitude followed him and behold a leper came and worshiped him saying if you're willing yes you can make me clean yes then jesus put his hand and touched him saying i am willing be cleansed immediately the leprosy was cleansed remember i'm talking about seeds and weeds yes i'm talking about a principle in the old testament what did the leper have to do declare that he was a leper he was unclean because anything clean when it touched unclean became what unclean yes in the old testament old covenant but in the new covenant what happened what is this day in john 15 and the light shines in darkness and darkness did not comprehend it that means comprehend is a translation yes but it actually means darkness did not overcome the light yes in the new testament darkness cannot overcome light so in the new testament clean has power or unclean was the leprous man cleansed or did jesus get leprosy i'm asking you leper got cleansed yes that means the power flowed from the greater to the lesser yes do you understand that is the new covenant in the old covenant it didn't matter if you had leprosy that was greater than anything that was clean yes but that is not the case in the new covenant remember i'm talking about seeds and weeds here yeah? and the garden yes so the new covenant all we are to do is impart blessings yes like i said in a garden there are weeds and seeds yes and all that the water and the sunshine does is make the weeds and the seeds grow so if you find things in you growing that are not of god it is not because of impartation it is because it was already there what the anointing does is just amplifies that like sunshine and water it just makes it grow it is your job to get it out of your system if you let it overpower the seed of the word of god you're no better than that person who was choked who's who by the cares of the world do you understand pure faith is not having great mountain like faith it's having faith and killing the weeds if you understand what i mean So you got to be careful about what you hear and what you see. You got to be careful about what you put in your mind. Do you understand? Because holiness stirs up the dormant demons in you. It's not imparted. You can get it, yes, from different sources if you want, yes, if you keep the door open, but don't blame the minister or the word of god for being unholy when the demons are already in you if you find that there's a problem with uncleanness or rebellion or whatever understand this principle and get it out of your system because all the sunshine and water will do is make it grow get it out of your system that is called sanctification there is more but you understand what i'm saying yes many people are suffering because of this because they don't understand this this principle
Is it clear? Yes? So, it is not up to the man of God to drive out all these things. Yes, if you approach him, but not automatically. You won't know unless the Lord reveals. I would won't know what what is prevalent unless the Lord reveals that. A person asked me to pray, for example, last week, and I said to her, no, this is a problem. This is rebellion. When I prayed, the Lord revealed the problem. Now it is up to that person to deal with it. I can't push a button and get it out of the system. Do you understand? Yes? So, so it is not uncleanness or impurity that is imparted. In the new covenant, clean has power over unclean. Do you understand? The power of God is in the New Testament. And it is by grace. Do you understand this principle? Yes? Like the last one, I'll talk more about it. But if you have any questions about it, ask me. Do you understand? Yes? If you read throughout the New Covenant, it's always clean or unclean. What is of God or what is of the devil? God is more powerful. And that is what the new covenant is about. Is that clear? Yes? So, coming back to our work. Remember, this is about rest and work. Yes? So, if you go to Ephesians 2.10, it says, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, for good works which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yes? Does it say that in your Bible? You have to look it up. I could be making it up. Like saying Jesus went to Disneyland. Yes? Is it there actually in your Bible? For we are his workmanship. Yes? Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There are five things here. Yes? You can divide that into five. Out of that five, how many do you have control over? Do you have control over? We are his workmanship? God's workmanship? No. That is what God does, yes? Created in Christ Jesus. That again is not up to you, yes? For good works. Yes? Who is to determine what those good works are? God has, yes? Which God has prepared beforehand, yes? But you have control over the last one. That we should walk in them. Do you understand? God has done all the things needed. All we have to do is what? Walk in them. What does Ephesians 4.1 say? I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of your calling, yes? Worthy of the calling with which you were called. Is that clear? So you are called only to walk in what the Lord has ordained, the work he has prepared beforehand. He has paved the way. All you got to do is walk in them. Do you understand? Remember, I'm talking about work. There are two aspects to this work. One is, is inward, the work that is done inward. And the other is outward. When, for example, the work is inward, you have to approach God with a childlike faith. When the faith is inward, that means changing you, not the world. It's a childlike faith. Do you understand? When it's outward, it's a violent faith. The violent take it by force. When it's inward, it's childlike. Yes. Like I said, I'll explain more of this later, God willing. But if you have any questions, ask me about this. Yes. But if you go to James 1.21, it says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. 
Yes? That means what? For sanctification, you got to lay aside what? All filthiness and overflow wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. That, that then is going to save your souls. Yes? Do you understand? Yes? So, there's a, there's a work that you have to do to lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And then you got to work and receiving the implanted word with meekness. That means what? I've explained all this over and over again beforehand. But you, you got to think that you're not bigger than the word, yes? You don't change the word of God to suit you. Do you understand? Yes? This will save your soul. Remember, I'm talking about what is inward. Yes? Go to John 15, 5 to 6. He says, I am the wine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. And if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. So without Jesus you can do nothing, yes? When something is withered it has no life, yes? Do you understand? So we are talking about what is inward, childlike faith. There are three things that help you. One is the communion. The Lord's table. Without him, you can do nothing, yes? The Holy Communion, now it's not, if you go through the motion of eating and drinking chapati and whatever, grape juice, it doesn't, it's not magical. It will not do you any good. You've got to have a revelation of what it means for his body to be broken for us. Do you understand? If you have no revelation of the significance of the communion and no sense of his love for you in your heart, the Holy Communion becomes empty. You can have it hourly, but it will mean nothing to you. Do you understand? So unlike diets and other fats which work irrespective of your relationship with the author, this Holy Communion will have power only if you have a revelation of the redemptive work of Christ on the cross. Only if you have faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Am I clear? Yes? So, the body and the blood, yes? You must have an understanding of what that means. Like for example, when Jesus said in John 6, 56, he says, You eat my flesh and my blood abide in me and I abide in him. This is not a spiritual eating. This is talking, the word is trogo. I spoke about this earlier. It means crunch. That means a literal eating. So you have the bread which is striped, pierced, and burned. And is crunchy, yes? Striped because by his stripes, yes? We are healed, yes? Pierced, what? He was pierced for us. His brow was pierced, his head was pierced by the thorns, yes? His hands and Pier, hand feet were pierced by the nails. His side was pierced by the soldier's spear. Do you understand? That's why this bread is full of holes. Do you understand? So it's striped and has pierced and burned. What does burnt mean? Burned is 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 significance of judgment. In Isaiah 53, verse 4, it says, Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Remember, Jesus took all our judgment upon himself. 
Remember, it was appointed for us to die once and then have judgment, yes? Jesus took that judgment, yes? The fire of God's judgment fell upon Jesus when he carried our sins. This is why the bread is burned, yes? Jesus saves us from this judgment because of the fire of God. The anger of God fell upon him, yes? So that is the first thing. Second thing and the third thing is very important. If you go to Galatians 3, 13 to 14, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Curses everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise through faith. This is Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Yes, I'm talking about inward faith, childlike faith. Yes, so Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That what? One, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That's you and me, yes? Second, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit through faith. Two things. The first thing, maybe Christians are adept at or good at doing. Oh, yes, all the promises of Abraham are yes and amen. But are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Is some people even question, I have been questioned, uh, is, is the Holy Spirit so important? Is being filled with the Holy Spirit so important? It says in Galatians 3.13, two things are there. And they're side by side. One is the promise of Abraham and the other is the Holy Spirit. Yes? What does it say in Romans 8.14? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So, if you want to be the sons of God, you have to be led by whom? The Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you might as well be stray dogs. Do you understand? Yes. What does it say in Romans 15, 13? And I quote at that um, throughout this ministry. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, what makes you abound in hope? The power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have hope, obviously you're not filled with the Holy Spirit because you don't have joy and peace. Do you understand? So if you find that you don't have joy and peace, don't have joy in ice cream or peace curry. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Eh? Do you understand? Be filled with the Holy Spirit that the power of God will rest upon you. This is the work in us. And it is by grace, not that we deserve it at all. And this is by faith in Jesus Christ. Do you understand? I'm talking about the work that we have to do. Yes? Remember, rest and work. Our rest is in Jesus. Our work is in Jesus. Yes? Now, the outward work. That is, that requires violent faith sometimes. Why is it violent? Because it goes everything against everything that you might see. Do you understand? In Matthew 28, 18-20, Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples. He didn't say, if you feel like it, go. It says, go. Do you understand? Use what talents you have in your hand. God has blessed you with certain talents. Use them wisely because you will be accountable for them. 
I do not know about you, but when I meet Jesus, I want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. So I labor to enter into his rest, his rest that he's got for me, and I also make sure every talent he has blessed me with, I use for his glory. Is that clear? Yes? In Romans 10, 13 to 15. I want you all to turn there. Romans 10, 13 to 15. It says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yes? 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who brings glad tidings of good things. So, how shall they hear without a preacher? What, what will they hear? Good news, the gospel. Do you understand? The almost too good to be true news. That you didn't have to work for it, that Jesus paid the price. Do you understand? And it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, yes? So go and preach. That's the outward work. Be a witness of what Christ is doing in you despite who you are. That is a miracle, yes? Because chances are those people whom you're witnessing to will know you are a rascal. So they'll know only the Lord can do this. Do you understand? You clear on what I'm saying, yes? It need not be this way. Don't put God in a box, but be a witness of what Christ is doing in us. Yes? This is the outward work. We have an inward work, yes? So this then, our position in Christ determines our behavior. Do you understand? It's not the other way around. We think our behavior will determine our position. If we behave rightly, then we are in a better position with God. No. God has been there and done that in Christ Jesus. Yes? That is called grace. And he's given us freely. Do you understand? So our position determines our behavior. I told you last week, I was trying to make heaven my eternal home. Trying my best, trying to be good by self-effort. So performance-based religion is sin. Because you're not accounting for the grace of God given to you, yes? Like I said, the contentment I once felt at being right with God had turned into frustration. That is when my sister quoted 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sent for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Do you understand? That means it was a free gift. The righteousness of God was given to me. Why is this important? Because when we fail at being right with God, we get loaded with guilt, sin, shame, and condemnation. Do you understand? When we fail at being right with God, we get loaded with guilt, shame, and condemnation. Do you understand? I thought then all I needed was to put more willpower into it. Remember, I was trying to get there by self-effort. 
But then what happened? I failed again. And then guilt, shame and condemnation came again, but it was much worse. Because I have tried and I tried and I tried, but then I failed. Pretty soon, I'm in a spiraling hole, ever digging deeper into sin. And finally I say, I'm not good enough for God. And maybe I'll throw the whole thing away. So it was not until I had a vision of God's amazing grace that this circle was broken. That this spiraling circle of sin was broken. Jesus had been there and done that. All this was available to me Right standing with God through Jesus Christ. Like I said, it was too good to be true. Do you understand? That is the good news. That is the gospel. It is too good, almost too good to be true. But we need to believe it. I had to put my faith in Jesus and his finished work on the cross. And therefore, because of that... I did not have to worry about the scales being favorable to me. Yes? All my good deeds versus my bad deeds. It didn't matter anymore. Because Jesus had been there and done that. Yes? I did not have to depend on any rituals, deeds or sacrifices. Jesus had been there and done that. All I had to do was believe in my Father's love for me that put Jesus on the cross to save me from my sins. And this is grace. Do you understand? This is grace. When I really understood what grace is, then I felt the hand reach down into my heart and tear out something dark and burdensome. And I could breathe again. Because I could instantly feel the compassion that Abba Father had for me. For the first time in my life, I became aware of my Heavenly Father's presence. There's joy in His presence. There's hope. The love of Christ, the love of God through Christ through the cross of Jesus Christ, Christ came to me. And that is the revelation that I had. And that is what I want for you. You may not get it in the same way that I get it, but the word of God, truth, will set you free. Amen? That is what I want each and every one to have, a revelation of, of who Jesus is. So we got to come to the Lord in our helplessness because all our self-effort amounts to nothing. So God helps those who need help and those who seek him for help. I said this last week in Psalm 46, 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That means when you're in trouble, who will help you? Man or God? God. Do you understand? And not only that, if you are in the new covenant, you have the boldness to approach God, to come to him in our time of need, irrespective of our performance, of what we have done. Because it is the throne of grace. Go to Hebrews 4.16. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Yes? Does it say that in your Bible? Yes? Obtain mercy and find grace to help us. Yes? In our time of need. But you've got to seek him. It doesn't happen automatically. 
like i said long time ago maybe a month or two ago just because your village manufactures soap doesn't mean you're clean yes you got to apply it yes you got to come to terms with yourself when i was in college they made me do a swot analysis that is your strength weakness your opportunities and your threats do you understand so you got to be honest with yourself seek the lord you need him i need him in psalm 51 verse 6 he says behold you desire that is god desires truth in our inward parts seek him in your weakness come to him god is strong enough for you but you got to come to him not run away from him do you understand in 2 corinthians 12:9 it says he said to me that is paul saying god said to him my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness then paul is continuing to say therefore most gladly i would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of christ may rest upon me what the lord told paul my grace is sufficient for you the grace of god is more than enough is adequate for whatever we go through do you understand like i said last week if you are making something and that requires x amount of potatoes to be cut there and that they are already cut would you cut them again because they are already done yes so likewise you don't do what christ has already gotten for you yes you don't try to achieve that by your own self effort or strength yes if you go to 1 corinthians 130 it says but of him that is 1 corinthians 130 but of him you are in christ jesus that means but of god you are in christ jesus yes who became for us wisdom from god and righteousness and sanctification and redemption so you're already the wisdom of god you're already the righteousness of god you're already the sanctification of god and you're already redeemed by god yes to understand how are we the wisdom of god in 1 corinthians 1:24 it says but to those who are called both jews and and greeks christ is the power of god and the wisdom of god in christ we have that wisdom righteousness we read that in 2 corinthians 5:21 for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of god in him in whom in christ yes sanctification john 17:17 17, i want you to understand this clearly this word sanctification john 17:17 17, 17 says sanctify them by your truth your word is truth yes and in hebrews 12:14 can you all turn your bible say hebrews 12:14 says pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the lord yes does it say that in your bible the word holiness the same greek word is used for sanctification in 1 corinthians 1:30 do you know what that means the greek word hagiasmos yeah that word yeah. same word so you're already the sanctification in christ pursue christ do you understand 
when God says be holy, it's done in Christ. Be set apart, yes. You need to be set apart. Do you understand? But this is what Christ has done for us. He says, pursue peace with all people and holiness, yes? Who is the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9.6? Prince of Peace is none other than Jesus, yes? In Philippians 4.7 is yes. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So that is peace. Do you understand? How do you get that peace? You just have to read Philippians 4, 4 onwards. Surrender everything to God, yes? Do you understand? So according to 1 Corinthians 1, 30, it says you are the wisdom of God, you are the righteousness of God, you are the sanctification of God, and what? Redemption, yes? God has redeemed you. Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus gave his life as a ransom for you and me, for whoever believes in him. And everybody believes that. That is why it says many. If you believe, you receive. Amen? That is grace. So, faith is a positive response to what Jesus has already done. Am I clear on this? Yes? Do not try to do what has already been done by Jesus Christ. If you do that, you're nullifying the work on the cross. You don't want to do that. I'm sure you don't. Do you understand? So do not try to do what has already been done by Jesus Christ, yes? We do not always do right by God, yes? But that doesn't change who we are. Do you understand? Yes? Sometimes we put salt instead of sugar in our coffee, yes? I don't know. I don't ever do that, but some people do that, yes? Do you, do you understand, Yes? But that doesn't change who we are in Christ, yes? Because Christ made me right with God, Christ has redeemed me and Jesus has made me holy, yes? So if I hold on to my identity, remember we're talking about our behavior, if I hold on to my new identity, eventually it will take root in me. And then we will see the fruit being produced. And then you will begin to see the fruit in your behavior. Do you understand? But first you got to take hold on. Hold off your new identity. You understand? That means you got to hold on to it. And eventually it will take root in you. And then we will see the fruit being produced. That fruit will depend on who you think you are, yes? And then you will see the fruit in your behavior, yes? Remember, it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. And earlier I spoke about that woman with the alabaster jar. In Luke 7, 47, Jesus said what? Therefore I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. The more the Lord forgives you, the more you will love him. Because only God can forgive that. Forgive your nastiness. Do you understand? Yes? So repentance is a work of holy of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And it's daily and it's a continual process. Convicting us of our sin nature and our sin and pointing us towards Jesus Christ. We gotta be filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that clear? I'll talk more about that later. Not today. Yes? So 
I started talking about this when I started explaining the reason for Sabbath. Remember in the Old Testament it was a day, in the New Testament it's a man. Yes, in Mark 2.27 it says, Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Do you understand? The Sabbath was made for man to rest, not the other way around, not for it to be an obligation or or religious practice, yes? In Hebrews 4, 11 and 12, it says, Let us therefore be diligent to enter into that rest, into Jesus Christ, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. That means when you don't enter into that rest, you're being disobedient. And it goes against the very nature of you, of who you are. And it goes on to say in verse 12, you know, of Hebrews 4, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So, the Holy Spirit will highlight the word of God to you and show you as a mirror what you see in your heart as a reflection. Like I said before, if you see ugly, it's not the mirror's fault. It's what's in your heart. But when you look in the mirror, you got to see Christ. Is that clear? Yes? So, Jesus is our Sabbath day, which is now a man the new covenant. Yes? We must be diligent to enter into that rest. In other words, do not try to do what he he has already done. Do not try to do what has been done by Christ Jesus. Yes? Inward, you've got to have a childlike faith. When you're helpless, you're strong. You go to God. Yes? Outwardly, you got to have violent faith, yes? That is where our confession or declaration of our faith matters. Even inward it matters, but do you, do you understand, yes? So, I'm talking about rest and work, yes? So, when we go back to Ephesians 2, 8-10, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourself, for it is the gift of God. That is in verse 8. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. That is on verse 9. And verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works which God has prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. So, this is our position. We operate from the position that Christ has gotten for us. Do you understand? In 2 Corinthians 1.20 it says, All the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes, and in Christ Jesus are amen to the glory of God through us. So that means it glorifies God to fulfill his promises through Christ Jesus in us, yes? And our position determines our behavior. Remember, There is no judgment. Jesus has taken our judgment upon himself. Understand what I'm saying clearly, yes? Do you understand? In John 12, 31 to 32, it says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all Myself. Do you understand? Like I said, peoples, men, they're italicized. Do you understand? When he's when he died on the cross, he took all our judgment upon himself. For for the sin. Do, do you understand? So whatever Adam and Eve did, 
whatever was there during the flood of noah whatever was there and what is after the flood of noah the tower of people whatever is there in sodom and gomorrah jesus taken on the cross is nullified at all and we are a new creation that is our identity in christ yes in 2 corinthians 5:17 it says we are a new creation all things are have become new yes do you understand in romans 8:29 it says to be conformed to the image of his son that means it's a process do you understand we know we have to be derascalized but this is a process but it doesn't change our position to understand our position we have to renew our mind in romans 12 1 and 2 it says especially 2 it says do not be conformed to this world what you have to be conformed to to the image of his son yes in romans 8:29 it says yeah you have to be conformed to the image of his son in romans 12 Verse two it says, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed." So, who does the conforming? You do. Who does the, who does the transforming? God does. Do you understand? By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of the of God. Yes. So, as you conform, God transforms. this process is called sanctification yes so we got to confess our faith in hebrews 10:23 says let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful if you don't have hope you got to confess what has been promised that's why i give the daily declaration of faith yes both audio and text daily yes but it is our responsibility yes do you understand for example today is sunday yes i have already put out today's daily declaration of faith how many of us of you have actually gone through that so if, if it's your responsibility and you don't go through that and you call up to your pastor and say i'm in trouble help me what can you do what can i do i'm already giving you your ammunition your gun if you don't shoot the enemy and you say oh my enemy is coming at me they said don't you have a gun in your hand shoot to to understand it's not that difficult repeat after me 3 john 2 i declare that i walk in divine health malachi 310 i declare that i live under an open heaven judges 1810 I declare I have no lack of any good thing. Psalm 3527 I declare that I am prosperous and God delights in my prosperity. Isaiah 4817 I declare that the Lord will teach me to profit and lead me by the way I should go Luke 25 Luke 2:52 I declare that I expect favor with God and with man Ephesians 3:20 I declare that I live in abundance Matthew 5:13 I declare that I am the salt of the earth Matthew 5:14 I declare 
that I am the light of the world. Mark 16:17 I declare that I have received the power of the Holy Spirit to do great works. John 10:10 I declare that I have abundant life. John 10:4 I declare that I know God's voice. John 13:34-35 I declare that I have love for others. John 14:12 I declare that I shall do even greater works than Christ Jesus. John 15:5 I declare that I am a branch in Jesus the true wine John 15:15 I declare that I am Christ's friend John 15:16 I declare that I am chosen and appointed by Christ to bear fruit John 17:21-23 I declare that I am one in Christ. John 1.12 I declare that I am a child of God. John 6.47 I declare that I have everlasting life. John 8.31-33 I declare that I am set free. Romans 1.12 Seven. I declare that I'm a saint, called to be holy. Romans twelve twenty one. I declare that I'm the body of of Christ, and Satan has no power over me. I overcome evil. with good Philippians 4:13 I declare that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me 1 John 4:4 I declare that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world Proverbs 36 I declare that in all my ways I acknowledge him and he directs my path then you're done with the declaration of faith for that day stop with this it's not so bad it'll change your life it will change your life Remember, your identity determines your behavior. Your position determines your behavior. I put all this out, and if you don't do, whose fault is that? You can have thousand pastors on speed dial, but it won't do you any good. You got to change your position, your identity, because they. have to be rooted in Christ in grace in what the lord has done is it clear yes so jesus the christ is our rest this is grace we must be diligent to enter into that rest by faith in jesus then do the work as led by the spirit of god as led by the holy spirit then you become the children of god according to romans 8:14 is that clear yes let us pray thank you lord hallelujah for teaching us your word for filling us with your holy spirit for bringing in light 
enlightenment, Lord, on these scriptures, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You will fulfill. You will perfect that which concerns us. And you will teach us to profit and lead us by the way we should go. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing. I surrender my brothers and sisters in your hands. And I pray that you be the Lord of the breakthrough in their life, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let them understand their calling in you. And let them walk in obedience and in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church said, Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you were blessed with our Sunday sermon from the Coaching Lampstand. See you next week. God bless you.